This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. The Bible says, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Let us pray. Lord, as I bow my head and my heart in your presence, I pray today that you'd hide us in the cross of Calvary. God, I've been doing this for so many years, long enough to know unless you come, it's vanity and vexation. So God, would you speak to us and through us? And for all you do, we're going to praise you, needing your Holy Spirit more than anything else. For we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Until you come, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Folks, I want to talk to you about the people that God uses. The people that God uses. You know, there was a, there was a pastor from Georgia whose body lie in state in the capital in Atlanta, Georgia. His body literally lined state there, and he was viewed there. As far as I know, maybe the only preacher to ever experience this. His name was Sam P. Jones. Let me, let me tell you about Sam P. Jones. Sam P. Jones started out as a lawyer, but he had a child that was 21 months old. And this child at 21 months old died. And Sam got very bitter. And he turned to alcohol. Problems came, he turned to alcohol. He drank and he drank and he drank and he drank. And he'd been on a drinking binge for about six weeks. When his daddy called him or somebody reached out and said, you need to come to your daddy's house, your daddy's dying. And he said, I went to my dad's deathbed and dad on his deathbed said to me, oh, wretched boy, promise me Promise me that you'll meet me in heaven one day. He said, son, you're going to have to change your lifestyle, but promise me that you'll meet me in heaven one day. Sam said, I told my daddy, daddy, I'll meet you in heaven. And he said, I no more and got those words out of my mouth till I left my daddy's bed and went down to a local bar and ordered a drink. And he said, when they put the drink on the table, I looked up and I could see myself in the mirror. And when he said, I could see myself in the mirror, my hair was mattered. He said, when I could see myself in the mirror, he said, there was vomit on my clothes. My clothes were dirty. He said, when I could see myself in the mirror, one eye was completely swollen shut. 
He said, my lips were swollen. And I said, Sam Jones, oh, what a deplorable mess you've become. He said, I grabbed that glass of whiskey. I threw it down. I broke it. I got down on my knees. And I said, God, forgive me. God, I want to live for you. God, I want you to save me. And he said, God forgave me right there in that bar. God forgave me right there in that bar. He said, I went home. And he said, I saw my wife, Laura. He said, my wife, Laura, was black and blue from where I'd beat her. And I said to my precious wife, Laura, it will never happen again. You've got a new husband. I gave my life to Christ. And he said, Sunday, we're going to church. And he said, that Sunday, we went to church. My grandfather preached. He said, I walked down the aisle of my grandfather's church, and I surrendered myself for ministry. And he said, from that day forward, I started preaching the gospel. And I preached the gospel literally all over the world, led more than a million people to faith in Jesus Christ. He was preaching in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> he was preaching in a tent. And a riverboat captain came to hear him preach. His name was Tom Ryman. Tom Ryman was wealthy. But he came to that tent. And Sam P. Jones preached. And Tom Ryman gave his life to Christ. And he said, I tell you what. You'll never preach again in Nashville, Tennessee in a tent. <laughs> he said, I'm going to build a tabernacle. We're going to call it the Union Tabernacle. And every time you come to Nashville and have a crusade, it won't be in a tent. It will be in the Union Tabernacle. <laughs> the Union Tabernacle eventually became the Ryman Auditorium. <laughs> so every time you hear a country music song, you can think back to a preacher from Cartersville, Georgia, named Sam P. Jones, because God used his life in a tremendous way. Now, here's what I want you to see. God wants to use your life. And God wants to use my life. Because Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men in the way. He has no tongue but our tongue to tell them how he died. He has no help but our help to bring men to his side. Do you realize 1 Peter 4 and 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister, that God has gifted all of us for ministry. I love what Dr. Charles Stanley said. He said, we don't need more full-time Christian workers in the church. We need more full-time Christian workers in the marketplace with people that need to hear the truth of the gospel. Now, let me explain. The Israelites, according to Judges 6 and 1, for seven years were under the oppression of the Midianites. That is to say, ladies and gentlemen, they were slaves. They were hiding out in caves. They were in deep poverty. They were in distress. And the Bible says this. The Bible says God said to Gideon, Gideon, I'm going to use you. The people have repented, and I'm going to use you 
to lead the Israelites to conquer the Midianites. And God did just that. He used a judge by the name of Gideon. And the Israelites conquered the Midianites. Now here's what I want you to see. God used Gideon, and there was five things about Gideon that were important. And five things are paramount that I want you to see in order for God to use you. The first thing I want you to see is this. God uses common people. God uses common people. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, in Judges chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, God said, Gideon, I'm going to use you. And then we get down to verse 15. And here's what the scripture says. Gideon said, but you don't understand. I'm the least in the tribe. My family is the poorest. And I'm the runt of the family. But God said, I'm going to use you. Listen, I just stopped by to remind you, God uses common people. God uses common people. Abraham Lincoln said, God must love common people because he made so many of them. Amen? God must love common people. Gideon said, you don't understand, God. I am the least, and my family's the poorest. I'm a runt. You say, Pastor Benny, God has asked me to do something, and I don't feel qualified. Let me tell you something. That's a good indicator. It's the will of God. Because if you ever feel qualified, that's not what God wants you to do. God just uses common people to launch his church. He used fishermen. Not scribes, not experts in the law. He just used fishermen. He just used tax collectors. He just used common people. Billy Graham said, when I get to heaven, this is the first question I'm going to ask God. This is what I believe. I believe, Billy, when you get to heaven, you're not going to ask God anything. But don't tell him I disagreed with him. <laughs> but Billy Graham said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, God, why did you use a farm boy from the hills of North Carolina to reach so many people? And if I could answer it, I'd say, Brother Billy, Dr. Graham, God uses common people. I've got good news today. You say, I'm a nobody from nowhere. But God wants to use you. Because God wants to use you because that way he gets the honor and the glory and the praise. Because God uses common people. I'll, I'll tell you something else. God not only uses common people, but God uses committed people. God uses committed people. God said, Gideon, in Judges chapter 6, verses 25 and verse 26, 
He said, I want you to understand something, Gideon. You know why you're under the bondage of the Midianites? It's because your daddy, Joash, he built altars to Asherah. He built altars to Baal. He built groves to Asherah and pagan gods like Baal. And they were nothing other than fertility gods. They were nothing other than sex gods. See, you got to understand, up to this time, it was a sex-crazed culture. And ladies and gentlemen, let me hasten to say, that's the world that we're living in right now. When pornography is a $97 billion industry, we live in a sex-crazed culture. When you can't turn your TV on, without something improper popping up. When your children can't watch cartoons without something improper popping up. Oh, I'm gonna just get real plain. When you can't turn your TV on, ladies and gentlemen, without a man kissing a man or a woman kissing a woman, we're in a sex craze culture. Perversion. Perversion, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. You said, Pastor Benny, you've offended me. It'll feel better when it quits hurting. You, look here, folks. Let me just be real clear. I, I, listen, I want to be real clear. You said, Pastor Benny, I've got people in my family that are in those kind of lifestyles. Do you think I don't? Do you think I don't? Do you think I don't? But you hear me clearly. It does not change the word of God. It does not change the word of God. He said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to destroy those groves. I want you to destroy those altars that were built to Baal. I want you to destroy those altars that were built to Asherah. I want you to build altars to Yahweh, the true God of Israel. I want you to build altars to the true God of Israel. When he said, Pastor Benny, we're not, I'm not dealing with an idol. Look, an idol is anything you love more, fear more, and serve more than God. It can be sex, it can be sports, it can be status, it can be success, it can be silver, it can be social media, it can be safety, it can be size, it can be stature, it can be self, it can be spouse. God uses common people. God uses committed people. You say, Pastor Benny, I want God to use my life. You'll have to commit to him. Because he's going to be Lord of all or he's not going to be Lord at all. God uses common people. God uses committed people. But God uses courageous people. I want you to see something. In Judges chapter 6, verse 11, it says this. 
It says, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was an Orpha, that pertained unto Joash, the Abizarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress. Look, to hide from the Midianites. Look, look, get this, folks. Gideon should have been up top where the wind would blow away the chaff. But he was down in the wine cellar, scared to death, hiding out from the Midianites. Now look. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, you mighty man of valor. Now wait. He's hiding out. But God calls him a mighty man of valor. I am so grateful that God sees us not as we are. But God sees us how we can become. Amen. God doesn't just see us where we are right now. God sees us where we can be. Amen. God doesn't just see right now. God sees us even though we're scared to death. He says, oh, you mighty man of valor. You say, well, Pastor Benny, what, what made the difference? He's hiding out, but God calls him a mighty man of valor. Here's what makes the difference. But the Spirit of the Lord came up on Gideon. I researched that. It literally, I researched it in the Hebrew. It means the Spirit of God put Gideon on like a glove. It means the Spirit of God put Gideon on like a glove. Look here. Get this, folks. Glove? Give a thumbs up. This is deep, so hold on. Nobody moving. Glove? Make a fist. Glove? Wave at the people. That blame glove. Oh, but wait. Oh, but wait. Glove? Give a thumbs up. Glove? Wave it to people. Glove? Make a fist. You think, my gosh, Benny, you're silly. <laughs> it's not the glove. You're silly, Benny. It's, it's, it's what's in the glove. Oh, goodness. What do you think I'm trying to preach to you? <laughs> what do you, you think I'm trying to preach to you today? It's not the glove. It's what's in the glove. The Spirit of God clothed Gideon. What will make the difference in your life and in my life is the power and the presence of God. God said, Gideon, come up real close. He said, okay, God. He said, 
Gideon, I don't want the people in this battle to realize it's the size of the army that's going to make the difference. He said, Gideon, you got 32,000 men. He said, that's right. He said, you tell those that are cowards that they can leave. Get this, folks. 22,000 who had a backbone like a noodle. Caesar milk toast men. Men who are standing firmly on each side of every issue. Men whose favorite color is plaid. Pastor, I'm coming to see you because a lot of people are upset. Well, your wife has sent you, but who else? <laughs> 22,000 walked away. And God said, that's okay. Because I use courageous people. I use courageous people that are saying, I tell you what, I'm willing to take some shots. I'm willing to take some hits because God uses courageous people. John Wesley said, give me a hundred preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not a straw, whether they be clergymen or laymen, such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. Let me tell you another one. God uses cautious people. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, God said, Gideon, I know you've got 10,000. And you're going against this large Midianite army. But he said, I think you may still have too many people. He said, I want you to do something. Take them down to a spring and let them get a drink. Take the 10,000 men down to a spring and get a drink. It will really tell you something. So they go down there to the spring, folks. And those guys, they get down there to the water and they go. <laughs> Do you folks ever read the Bible? <laughs> I mean, they're laughing. Like a dog, like a bulldog. <laughs> nah, Smokey would never do that. But <laughs> 9,700 of them do that. But wait, 300. Knowing they're surrounded by the Midianites, they walk down to the water. What are they? They're cautious. You want God to use your life? You better be cautious. Because Proverbs 6 and 27 says, can a man, can a man take fire into his bosom 
and his clothes not be burned. I'm just telling you folks, if God's going, you say, oh, that would never happen to me. You, listen up closely. You better be cautious. You, 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 you better be cautious. One out of every four men in the church today is addicted to internet pornography. One out of every four. You say, oh, that pagan lost world. No, you come up real close. One out of every four in the church is addicted to internet pornography. You're thinking, my God, is there anything he's not dealing with today? <laughs> Get this, folks. And men, here's all I want to say to you. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm not. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. It will kill things in your relationship. Ma'am, it will kill things in your relationship. We better be cautious. Look here. I'm almost done, but it's going to be a little while. If you were in a hurry, you picked the wrong service. You say, I like to be gone in a certain time. You need to get it at one of those 8 or 9.30 where they've got me boxed in. Amen. Get in one of those. This one's wide open. Amen. But understand something. In Genesis 3 and 1, he's called a serpent. In 1 Peter 5 and 8, he's a roaring lion. In Revelation 12 and 3, he's a great red dragon. Do you see the progression? Here's what I want you to understand, folks. You may have to deal with things that your grandfather never had to deal with because there's the progression. Why, pastor, is the, the progression Revelation 12 and 12 tells you? Because the enemy understands his time is short. You say, well, the end, he's going to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. I believe that, ladies and gentlemen, because you're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to deal with the powers of hell that are progressing. Amen? That are progressing. That are progressing. Antoine Scalia, Supreme Court Justice, he died in 2016. He was being interviewed in 2013 by a young journalist by the name of Jennifer Sr. Jennifer Sr. said to Antoine Scalia, do you believe in hell, sir? He said, yes, I do. She said, I don't. And Antoine Scalia said, because you don't believe in it don't mean you're not going. And Justice Scalia said, there's only two places, heaven and hell. And then he said, before you go, before you go, I want you to know something else. I even believe in the devil. And she said, do you know of any evidence of him? He said, well, I can give you evidence in the Bible. In the Bible, he would go into swine. He would go into pigs. And those pigs would run violently down a cliff. And they would jump in water and drown themselves. 
It's probably where we get deviled ham. <laughs> Just a thought, amen? But anyway, he said, listen, there was people in the Bible that would cut themselves because of demon possession. He said, that's evidence of it. And then she said, what's the devil doing now? Is he doing those things, Justice Scalia? And he said, no. He's getting people to not believe in him because that way he can be far more successful. I'm just saying we better be cautious. God uses common people. God uses committed people. God uses courageous people. God uses cautious people, and I'm done. But God uses confident people. God uses confident people. You say, explain, I will. In Judges chapter 7, God said, Gideon, I want you to slip down there to the Midianite camp. Slip down there to the Midianite camp. And you'll hear some things. And he slipped down to the Midianite camp and he heard two Midianites having a conversation. And one man said to the other man, he said, I had a dream last night. I had a dream last night. He said, what did you dream? He said, well, I dreamed that there was a barley loaf. And the barley loaf was coming down a hill. And it came into our tents and destroyed all of our tents. And the other man said, I'll tell you what that barley loaf was. That barley loaf was the sword of Gideon. It's the sword of Gideon destroying the Midianites. And Gideon heard those words. And he said, the battle's ours. The battle's won. The battle's won. Now get this, folks. Barley was the bread that was eaten only by slaves. It wasn't vitamin enriched. It was the poorest of the poor. It was just a barley loaf. And I want you to know something, folks. Sometimes maybe you're like me and you just feel like a barley loaf. But I want you to know something. If God's for us, it matters not. You say, Pastor, I can't do it. Yes, you can. You may just be a barley loaf, but I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. <laughs> this is what I know. Greater is he that's in you and me than he that's in the world. This is what I know. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. God uses confident people. You know why we can be confident? The battle's already won. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. So God uses common people. God uses committed, courageous, cautious but God uses confident people. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.